Welcome to the world of Harry Smilak. M. Harry Smilak, personal management at your service. A world of fancy cars and fabulous women. Have you ever considered a career in modeling? He's got everything money can buy. The trouble is, it's not his money. Mr. King from the Busan Savings and Loan, the vice president. Corrections. Corrections? I correct money from big bits like you. He's a mover. And a shaker. I've been thinking about our relationship. <laughs> What relationship? A wheeler. I'm Harry Smilak. Ow! And a dealer. So tell me, does my man have a t-shirt or a shoe deal? He's a legend. Whatever it is, the answer is absolutely not. What do you want from me? $67,811.19 to be very specific. Then, one day, he took some punts. What do you think is the number one thing on M. Harry Smilak's mind? M. Harry Smilak. Added some hugs. You're a dead man, Smilak! And created... Rock and Roll Wrestling. You don't have to thank me. It's just another Smilak service. A comedy with muscle. Body slam. Oh, hey, guys. Trust me. Hello and welcome to the When Wrestlers Act podcast. I'm John Cronshaw and I'm joined today by my good friend and wrestling fan, Colin Cox. How well, are you today? I'm very well, thank you. And yourself? I'm alright. We've, we've just watched quite an interesting film. The, um, well, let's, let's just say the, the straight to bargain bin. Um, <laughs> that's, uh, that's a good way of putting classic, it. Classic um, body slam. From, well, from 1986. On the on the poster, it does say it is a genuinely funny film, and I concur. Uh, did you at any point stop laughing? Sorry, did I stop laughing? Yes. Or start laughing. You started. You suddenly started. <laughs> there were there were points where I laughed. I will admit that. Um, I don't think it was for the reasons that they wanted me to laugh. Um, but yeah, so I mean. What was the name of the director of this? Um, it was, I know it was the guy who did Cannonball Run. Yes, I um, I didn't catch his name. <laughs> Cannonball Run <laughs> Two. Um, what was it? The the Smokey and the Bandit. Smokey and the Bandit Two. Smokey and the Bandit Three. No, I don't, no. I don't think he was. But I, I did see on his internet internet movie database. How need him. Yeah, I did. I did the research. He mm. he did a lot of Smokey and the Bandit spin-off TV movies <laughs> as well. So, so you know, he he has form. Yeah. So I mean, basically, with with his track record of of high quality films <laughs> and the assurance that this is going to be a genuinely funny film, <laughs> alarm bells. So rang. the gentleman's name is Hal Needham. But yeah. So so I mean I mean I, sp- I suppose to to start with we should we should talk about. Some of the characters in this film. Um, the, the the main character is um, a what, what would you say is a kind of music promoter? Spiv. Spiv come blackguard, come wrestling uh, management. <laughs> Clearly can't be trusted. <laughs> yeah, he's very much established. Always sounds like he's ducking and diving every single thing he says, even when he's being completely honest. He is the proverbial. Rich person who cried wolf. Who? What was no his name? One is ever going to believe a single was it, word? Was it? Was it? Uh, Harry Harris. Harris Smilak. So, Smilak. So, no, sorry. M. Harris. M. Harris Smilak. Yeah. So a, a good Jewish name. Yeah. I, there was there was a lot of. Um, I mean, there were. There were I, I don't want to say it was anti-Semitic, 
but there were there were a lot of jokes at the Jewish expense. Um, and, uh, you know, it's it's difficult. It's difficult to know in the context. Mm. I mean, the guy was played by um, uh, Dirk Benedict. Yeah, who, who looked a bit like Michael Scott from the American Office. It was um, you know the guy who played Face in the A Team. Um, and nothing else. And nothing else. Uh, no, I think he wasn't he in like Battlestar Galactica or something. The, the original one. Yeah, but um, so Dirk Benedict. Um, to be honest, he he is the only character in this film that, that develops that has um, you know a a range of outfits. Everybody he else does. seems to wear one set of clothes throughout. That jacket. <laughs> <laughs> the the blue. Space Age material. Space Age material. Um, it was a Rhapsody in polyester <laughs> with that pink tie as well. Yeah, pink tie, blue shirt. It was. I don't know. I don't know how you describe it. I mean, like, it's. It, it was disturbing, but it was strangely arousing. I mean, <laughs> do you know what I mean? That, that, that kind of blue, shiny. You know, imagine that on, on one of the many sexy ladies that you see in this film. Yeah, gratuitously. At, like, uh, what's her name? Which one? The the Bit, one Bitsy Van der Wegen played no, no. by Danny Jansen. No, no, Bitsy Van der Wegen was the um the Hillary Clinton basically. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, she well, was Well Bitsy Van der Wegen's daughter. Oh Candy. Was it Candy or something like that? I hope so. Yeah, I think it oh, was Candice. Candice, oh, yeah. Played by yeah, yeah. Tanya Roberts. Yeah, so so she was she was the totty. I mean throughout this this film you, you, you were subjected to some amazing eighties 80s ladies. I mean, that that swimsuit in her first scene. Yeah, let's let's just get that out of your mind for a moment. <laughs> the, yeah, I mean, it's just I think I think the you know the opening scene establishes a lot about the film. You've got Dirk Benedict, the face from the A Team, <laughs> yeah, Michael Scott from the Office, slicked hair. Was it was he wearing a leather suit at that point? I can't remember. But... At, at one point, he certainly does wear a suit jacket <laughs> with a shirt and tie and leather trousers. Mm. And the, the 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 tie is squared off at the bottom. None of this, none of this right angled bullshit. He's he, going straight he needed, for the. He needed a piano key necktie to oh, complete. He it. didn't go for that, unfortunately. But um, had it been invented by then? It was 1986, so I'm assuming that it was at the height of its powers. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so the opening scene, you've got Dirk Benedict um, in his Ferrari. In his Ferrari, he's red, talking on his big mobile phone. His red Ferrari, talking into. What is essentially a Nintendo Entertainment System, <laughs> the size of a giant lunchbox, and you know he's he's, he's driving along his, the beach, and um, he comes across a, a sexy lady in a in a swimsuit that looks like she's got a bit of a wedgie, yes. and he, he waves, smiles. She waves at him. There's a sultry, sexy look between them. But wait, she's not waving at him oh, at all. It's a guy with a surfboard, <laughs> and he's a loser. He's totally bodacious. Oh, it's just. Yeah, so uh, there's that one. And then, for some reason, there's a lawyer's office, and the lawyer, who he's, he's getting exercise instruction from again... At it's a, after he has his Ferrari repossessed. Uh, is it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, who cares about the storyline, really? I mean, this Me. is... I'm Me! Talk, I'm talking about <laughs> the 80s, 80s ladies with the big hair, the big perms, and the... the uh, big kind personalities. Of big swimsuits that kind of go a bit too far up the bottoms. A <laughs> bit, bit too high up the thighs, if you know what I mean. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's um, it's it's interesting, and of course, yeah, the Candice, they meet up. At, uh, I mean, let me get this right. They meet up. At what I think is he's pitching at a what like a, a 
basically a presidential fundraiser. Is it, is it a senator or a president? I think it's senatorial. Yeah, so, so basically a political fundraiser. She's there in this, what can I only describe as a really quite small... Uh, was it a, loose a, as well. Loose, metallic, yeah, it was, um, metallic green, was it? I don't it? think I've ever seen a spandex... Um, swimsuit type thing that was that loose before yeah. it was it was basically she'd she'd got a swimsuit that was a bit too big for her that was made of spandex that was very shiny um her boobs were falling out everywhere she had big 80s hair <laughs> and i'll tell you what and she talks with that 80s high pitch but high pitch but low pitch at the same time oh man she i'll tell you what if i was 20 years younger and born 20 years earlier she would have been damn sexy but yeah, bit of bit of a mullet, bit of mm-hmm. a yeah. I don't know. I mean, you seem to you seem to have had it um, <laughs> trapped into your retinas, which is you know <laughs> fair enough. I'm but, older than you. Ah, well, yeah. I mean, there's there's, there's those what two three years that have um, obviously give you that that attraction for the eighties ladies. <laughs> yeah, you just don't get them anymore, do you? I mean, it's like the, what's the name? The the Kelly Kelly LeBrock. She was it. She was the in, one in Weird Science. The one in Weird Science who uh, you know helped. Many, many young men through their teenage years. <laughs> on, I'm sure, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, there was this. I mean, it, it was yeah, a lot, of, a lot of um, basically sexism in the film. Her character, Candice. Um, what what was her role? What how did her character develop? She was she did she has a character exactly. She she was a bit suspicious of you know the Dirk Benedict character, but. When things started going on the upturn, suddenly she liked him. Yes, she's very shallow. Yes, and I mean, I mean, to be honest, it's it's a reflection of the kind of nineteen eighties Reaganism. You know, he he could have been a stockbroker in another film quite easily. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine him? Gordon, some, Miss, um, Gordon a, Gecko. Yeah, maybe maybe like a, a tertiary character in um, I don't know, Trading Places. You know, his 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 Eddie Murphy's. Uh, I don't know, not trading partner, but like the trading partner's mate. Could who, be. You know what I mean? Who maybe has a few lines in the film. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we we, we kind of, we kind of um, been a bit harsh <laughs> about the Dirk Benedict character because, you know, he, he's in a lot of debt. I think it was, was he Chinese, Japanese? Oh, no, he was Korean. Korean. Yes. But of course. <laughs> They're all the same. They're all the same. Yes. And, and. <laughs> This isn't our racism coming out here. This, this, this is the film. Yes, the classic so, "Egg Foo Young" line. He says he'll have the money to you before you can, quicker than you can say "Egg Foo Young," which the Korean person quite rightly is not happy about. This he points out that "Egg Foo Young" is Chinese and not Korean. Yeah, but that, that's okay because you kind of you, you you're basically sympathising. You're on the side of the racist, which I think in 1986 that was fine. Yeah, so this Korean guy. He, he was, had he had his theme gong. Yeah, he he did. He had a gong that came from nowhere. <laughs> so when he ever, whenever he was on screen, there was a gong, so you know knew he was there. And, and this guy, he was what like five foot high. He looked like a bit of a um, shriveled odd job from James Bond. But he was flanked by his two bodyguards, oh, the the Wild Samoans, the, the WWE Hall of Fame Wild Samoans. Yeah, who who were who looked to be honest like they were. Indeed, wild Samoans and a bit bored, but their gimmick, their their whole thing, all they seem to do throughout the film, 
was destroy cars. It was it was like the um, you know the the kind of bonus stage on Street Fighter Two, where you have to beat up a car. It was like yes. that, including the sound effects, which which kind of added to, added to its charm. Mm. I mean, th- throughout the the kind of sound in the film was um, dodgy to say the least. It was eighties sound. Lord, the editing was never great in the eighties. It always sounded like it. People are talking. This has been dubbed right over the top, like a bad overdubbed Chinese film, or a or a Tommy Wiseau film, or yeah. a Tommy Wiseau film. Yeah, you've got this what this bad bad sound editing, bad picture editing. You know, there's there's many scenes in the film where it just kind of cuts, like, like and then statically they start doing things yeah. as if they're waiting for the director to say and cue. <laughs> and, and what it is as well is it's, it's like that you know to be fair to them they do get to like the end of the scene but it's like imagine imagine you get to the very end of the scene you, and instead of letting it breathe instead of the, the camera hanging there for a second it just cuts and then you, if you're lucky you'll get a star wars style kind of you know a, a swipe across with the cutting <laughs> and then you'd maybe get the the exterior of a of a building to establish where you are in the next scene um but yeah, I mean it's 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 a bit it's a bit random. Um, I mean going going back to the the uh, Dirk Benedict character, you know we keep going back to him, but he he he's really but he is the film. He's the only character, right? You've got you've got some big stars like Rowdy Roddy Piper. What's his motivation? I don't get what his his thing is throughout. He wants to win the tag team champions. I think okay. he wants more money at some point yeah, as yeah, well. He's, yeah. Because when he is introduced into into the film is arguing with some sort of agent. Yeah, yeah. So, so you you've got him. Um, he is a wrestler. That's all you kind of get from him. You've got what is it, Tonga Sam? He's a bit happy go lucky. Yeah, he's he's another wrestler. You know, they they both become friends, or you know, they they, they kind of sign, sign a management deal with Dirk Benedict. Overnight, they're a tag team. Got better clothes. Their characters don't develop. No. They, the, the, you know, the, the, the may as well not be there. I don't know, the, the antagonist of the film is um, Captain Lou Albano. Or, um, or Lou Morango, as he's called in the film. Or Ron Jeremy, as I thought he looked like in the film. Or a rather fat Rolf Harris with that shirt and that beard. Yeah, I mean, the trouble with that is that they're kind of both... Um, I think we've both picked very disturbing, especially in light of, <laughs> you know, quite recent events. Uh, some quite disturbing comparisons. Unfortunately, for, for they're guy. both quite accurate. Yeah, so I mean, uh, you know, Lou Albano's Lou Albano. He's he's a uh, he's this a fat guy with a tied up beard and a piercing through his cheek. But he's you know he's he, he just he's just a just a hell of an antagonist. He's you know he's he's there. He's he's bitching about the fact that Benedict has has taken what seemingly the only other management job in America. <laughs> yeah, there seems yes. to. It, I think the story is is that Lou Albano was the only wrestling manager in the entire world and then Dirt Benedict for no apparent reason but Dirt Benedict became Rowdy Roddy Piper's and um what was his name Tonga Tonga Tom Tonga what was, why am I thinking Tonga Sam what's that yeah it's cuz it's Sam Fatu that's, that's the guy yeah so yeah so so Tonga Tom he becomes their manager and and no other wrestlers it seems and no yeah yeah so and they seem to be the only other wrestlers in America apart from some but Cap- Captain Lou wants to manage <laughs> these two for whatever reason. Yeah, against his own team. Against his own team and against their will. Yeah. 
So it's it's a bit it's a bit of a weird dynamic, and to be honest, it, it kind of, it kind of worries me a bit because it's it, there seems to be a lot of shady business practices going on throughout this film. It's um, the eighties, yeah, and and the bad guys. I mean, there's, there's the they have it. I think one of the kind of maybe the most homoerotic scenes in the film comes quite early on when um, Radio Rally Piper. What's his name? Tofu Sam or whatever he's called. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> yeah, they're, they're in the gym. They're working out. They're lifting weights. Well. And um, axe and hammer. Yes. The the cannibals, they're the called. The cannibals. Because most cannibals use axes and hammers to um, you know prepare the meat. Obviously to cut the limbs and chop it to pieces, and, yeah. and then to tenderise the meat afterwards with the hammer. Well, you know, they might be cannibals, but at the same time, they're also gourmet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they, they, see, they seem to be based on, um, what, like, the, the Road Warriors, Legion of Doom kind of face paint, big guys who yes. just throw people round. They, they kind of go to the gym and... Uh, have a bit of a face-off with um, what R- Roddy Piper and, and smile a bit too creepily. The smile and so yeah, they get they go up to um, Roddy Piper and Tofu Sam, and they say, "We've got something for you." They crack the neck. Pain. That's a good good line. It wasn't, was it? <laughs> yeah, talking about good lines. <laughs> Get, are we getting back to? Um, I think we're going back to the sexism. <laughs> yeah. Just this. Um, well, he gets out of his car. And this um, charming which young car, lady. Which car was it at this point? Was it the red Ferrari again? Or was I it, don't think it was. It was, was it a different one. White Bentley or the, something. The white thing. Yeah. Uh, but this rather comely lass is jogging along, and she very politely jogs past and says, "Nice car." And he lets her get out of earshot and says, "Nice ass." Yeah. Because, you see, it's a sexist film. How are we supposed to sympathise with this person? Because he he's humbled. That, that, but this is post this is, this is it post his humbling though. Was it? Yeah. Is this when he's in his neck brace and, and he's got his crutches it, it, and it's when he's um put together the rock and wrestling oh, theme. Oh shit in hell. So 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 yeah. So so has he learned anything? I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe back in the eighties, that was like <laughs> that. That is how you sympathise with him. That's how you think. Yeah, this guy's cool. You know, he's he makes a pervy comment to a passing woman. That's fine. At least she was out of earshot. Yeah, you I mean, I mean? He, it's, it's not like he went up to her and slapped her on the bottom and said, no. "Nice ass." Yeah. So, so yeah. So I mean, this this um, humbling moment. He, you know, he gets. They go into like a, a tag match, and then and then Captain Captain Lou Jeremy Harris, whatever he's called, he um, he basically gets uh, he substitutes this um, Dirk not very good tag team um, with the cannibals with the cannibals. Yeah, you know the, the tag t- the tag team that you've never even heard of or been established in the film. Yeah, you don't know who they are. It's not like they've had a built-up feud or anything. You don't care. You don't know. And then it just happens, and there's a beatdown. Yeah. So the beat the beat the crap out of um, well, basically Roddy, Roddy Piper, Tofu Sam. Tofu Sam gets a little bit of a beating, but then for some unknown reason, he just jumps over the top rope. Yeah, and and uh, Dirk Benedict he gets his ass handed to him. Next scene, 
he's in Crutches. the hospital. Oh no, he's, they're he's, all, he's going to visit the other two yeah, who've been but, put in the hospital. He, he steps out of his Ferrari. Um, clearly got either whiplash or a broken neck. He's, he's you know he's got his neck I, brace I think, on. I think whiplash. Yeah, neck brace. His Crutches. Ferrari gets repossessed again. Yeah, he he um, does does the kind of thing of um, pushing a. Um, man in a wheelchair, basically to have a serious car accident just out of shot, um, which, yeah, it, I think that's where it's genuinely funny. Yeah. That's one of those moments. Did you laugh at that? Uh, no, but I can imagine that that they thought that was funny, especially when it had the... But that wasn't of... really genuinely funny, though, and if you're laughing at a All man right, in a wheelchair who's probably been killed, if you think that's funny... I think you need to reevaluate your sense of humour. Well, you know, I didn't write this film. You know what I mean? <laughs> you're 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 basically criticising me when this guy wrote Cannonball Run <laughs> One, Cannonball Run Two, Smokey and the Bandit One, Smokey and the Bandit Two, and the various spin-offs. plus a load of TV straight to TV. <laughs> Spin-offs, including one that was called Bandit, colon, Bandit, <laughs> Bandit. Yeah? Why haven't we watched those? Because <laughs> there's no wrestlers in them, why would we? That's we it. need a bit of context. <laughs> well, to be honest, we'll find out. I bet, I bet, I bet Kevin Nash has been in them or something Probably. like that. But, um, yeah, so, so, humbling. Yeah, he, he gets humbled. And he, he has a, he has Dirk Benedict. He has a bit of a bit of a uh, you know face from the eighties. I'm not going to be your manager anymore. I've just got you yeah. Hurt. But Roddy says you're doing fine. Yeah, he feels guilty. He's he's remorseful. He's filled with remorseful. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, so he's doing fine. Yeah, yeah. So he's you know he's he's mildly happy with setting Rod with his yeah. jaw resting on this. Dangling thing. Yeah, so they're basically he's in hospital and they've both been completely. They're both in traction, basically. Yes. They're both in traction, and they're going, "Oh yeah, you're doing fine." But then, that's how likable he is. Yeah, but then Dirk, he has a brainwave. He has a revelation. He has. Well, this is when he uh, goes back to his beachfront, not when he's in the hospital. Is it? What is this? Oh, is this? Yeah, yeah. So, so he's at the beachfront, and for some reason, he's going to meet the. The Hillary Clinton character, and then goes up in a lift, and suddenly they're on a beach. Yeah, and, and he he, he has. Oh, a... this, that's later on. It's, am I getting yeah, confused? He lives in a beachfront place with his jacuzzi. Right. Okay. Um, that, that, that that was never established. You know what else was never established? Whether or not his jacuzzi actually works. Well, because the Koreans kept interrupting they, him. They never showed the jacuzzi. I think that might have been a running joke. Maybe they, I mean maybe jacuzzi is another word for roll hypno. They had the um, what was his name? I'm thinking he was called Sheldon. Yeah. Yeah. Who was he? What was he? He was um, he was the lawyer. Was it? Oh, he was a lawyer, and he he arranged. Okay, it makes sense now. He he arranged the um, him to do the benefit stuff. Donatello for, out the turtles. Yeah, so as I found out. Donatello out the turtles, <laughs> and looking like a. Um, Kevin Spacey at the wrong aspect ratio. So mm. yeah, so if if he was filmed in four three, he would have been <laughs> stretched to a sixteen nine, and that that'd be him. Yeah, and he'd just look a bit off. A bit it's weird. Sort of like if um, the critic ran into a wall too fast. Yeah, yeah. So so it was uh, yeah he he yeah John Lovitz. That's the guy you're thinking of. It did look a bit like John Lovitz actually, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. So 
Like, what was... He? I didn't get his character, really. He was some sort of lawyer who just happened to be a sympathiser for this uh, so clearly Republican... Yeah, so um, he was he was he was both a, a lawyer for a Republican senatorial candidate, yes, and a CD failed <clears throat> music promoter who was. Do do you see why I'm finding it a bit weird to kind of take him on board? Yeah, and why why is it why is he organising the benefits? Well, I think he sits on some sort of committee. I don't know. Yeah, so he 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 was what the chair that was it. He was the chairman of the entertainment committee for it, it's crap. You know what I mean? Yes. It's it's <laughs> very. I mean, it's like Rowdy Roddy Piper's what I assume to be his daughter, whose role is to walk uh, around being cute and be a little bit sassy. Yeah, and and she seems to be the only one who knows anything about things. Um, who is, is she? Is there a metaphor there? I don't know. Who is she? She wasn't established. No. You didn't even get her name. I'm sure her name was mentioned at some point. Princess? Missy? Was her name Missy? Is that a real Could name? Could be, yeah. If you, you know, what about Peach's fucking Geldof? Too soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All, All right. right, Pixie. Gelder. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, by the time this goes out, that could be too soon as well. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so so going back to it, he's, he, he's humbled. <laughs> humbled. <laughs> humbled, yes. yeah. There's the turn Broken. in the storyline. But he's had a, an idea, yeah. a revelation. So his idea is revelation. He's, he's going to combine the things he loves. Rock, um, rock. and wrestling. So... He's got a band called Kicks at the start of the film. Yes, and for no reason, they end up being called Kick. Their lead singer, he looked very... He had a beautiful mullet. He looked a bit like a cross between Pat Sharp... And Shawn Michaels. And Shawn Michaels, yeah. The the love child of those two. Some kind of genetic weirdness going on. I don't know. I mean, do you think they could breed? Do you think that's genetically possible for Shawn Michaels and Pat Sharp to breed? I wouldn't have thought so. Shawn Michaels is a Republican born-again Christian. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so, so yeah, they, they, they start from the ground up. For some reason as well, Captain Lou Morano, Jeremy, he owns all the arenas in the country, in America. So it seems. It seems to be that he's got the monopoly and nobody else. Nobody else can wrestle in these arenas, which... Kind of defeats the point of a competitive sport when you think about it. If you've got no competitors, and that's what it very much is in this film. It is a sport. Legitimate. They really, it is a legitimate sport. Yeah. No one knows what's going to happen. So they're they're doing the um the 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 kind of gimmick of going round these, um you know the, what there was one that was like a on on the night after was going to be like a pig market. Um, this kind of redneck town, and they were like, "Yeah, we'll we'll fight the um, whatever yeah, they, your town's strongest." So they people combined are. the rock and wrestling because that particular night was double booked. Yeah, so he had to get more bang for his book. Yeah, and that there, became there, a bit of a line. Yeah, there was there was a few lines in the film. Um, none of them very good. No, um, yeah. they've got the rock and roll band performing their song. They've got one song. That they perform over and over again. <laughs> it's just this dreadful hair metal song that, that references how great it is to be in the USA. Um, so they're, they're, they're doing this, they're performing, 
but they're at this red, redneck auction mart thing, and the guy's playing playing organ alongside it. So it's like old the, lady. Is it an old lady? Yeah, I didn't get it. It just looked like some. It, it was humanoid. It it was an old lady. It was it was humanoid anyway. It and it's <laughs> it's funny because it's an old lady. <laughs> And and there was a bit of a kind of ba- not I wouldn't say a battle of the bands but there was certainly a kind du- of dueling, dueling d- 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 thing. Yeah, I don't want to say it was good because that would be too far. But it was something. It was cer- it was certainly okay. Yeah, of all the things that happened in the film, that was one of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that yeah, so the build up, the rapport, the go around, the tour, the you know the, the, the kick. And the Rowdy Roddy Piper, and the um, I mean we didn't mention that Sam Tofu and, and the Rowdy Roddy Piper had a match with a guy called the Fat. What was it? The the Pee Wee. The Pee Wee and the Fat li- Twat. Something like Little George know. or something. And it, and it was like this. Oh, but the little one is actually huge. Yeah, he was massive. He was like a big fat guy. He was like and he, giant haystacks, I would say. Yeah, he was. He was like, or someone like Loch Ness, or yeah, perhaps yeah. like Loch Ness. So yeah, one of those kind of um, wrestling, wrestling fat people they have. So yeah, so you, you get the, um, you know, this build up to the finale of the film. You get Dirk Benedict going on to a, um, not Johnny Carson, but the Vic Carson show. Yeah, he's not not a not a. Not a good-looking fella, <laughs> and he's he's on there with the um, Ron Jeremy, Captain Captain Rolf Harris fella, and Dirk Benedict. Kind of, he tricks the Lou Albano character into, you know, kind of making his cannibals who've had the titles for five years. First time it's ever established. About ten minutes from the end of the film, yeah, yeah. First time you don't even know that they're the champions throughout. They're just some guys who are there. They, you see them in the gym having that homoerotic. Um, Kind of bit with Roddy Piper and Tofu Sam. You have the bit where they have a bit of a bit of a, a wrestling match later on, and then you've got this. They're the they're the big bad guys. They're the Apollo Creed of the um, wrestling world. It seems they get to the ending. They've tricked them into the tag, putting up the tag team titles. They have the a match. Bastards. They have a match. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. It's like these really street fighter bad, too loud. Naff sound effects. Street Fighter 2, I'd say. They have a match. They win the match. They're tag team champions. Freeze frame. Credits roll. And that's the end of And the... that's the end of the film. Does he pay off his debt? I don't know. That's never established. Does Captain Lou really walk away from wrestling? I don't know. That was never established. I mean, he's quite old. He could have done with retiring anyway. Yeah. And what happens to the Samoans? Do they just go, not the Samoans, the, 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 the Axe and Hammer, do they get a contract with WWF? Maybe they get a rematch. I don't, I don't know. Surely they have a rematch clause in their contract. <sighs> I mean, maybe, maybe, you know, with the fact that the director had done Cannonball Run <laughs> 1, Cannonball Run 2. Smokey and the Bandit. Smokey and the Bandit 2, and a series of Smokey and the Bandit spin-offs for TV including Bandit Colon, Bandit Bandit. Maybe he thought it was going to do Body Colon, Body Body, or, um, you know, Body Slam 2. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It was never established. That's that's my point. There are a lot of plot. Whatever happened to Candice? Whatever happened? Did 
the Senate to get his job? Did he did he get voted in as senator? Did did they ever call social services on the little girl who clearly wasn't ever going to school? Yeah, and and who was she? She was never named. Was she a white slave? We don't know. There's so she much. She seemed happy enough. Yeah, but you know, it's it's that thing of like when you don't know um, what else there is. You know, you're kind of happy within your context. So there's just a lot, a lot of questions. Um, I think the boast, and I will call it a boast, of Body Slam being a genuinely funny film. It's not quite <laughs> right, is it? I felt let down. <laughs> yeah, I felt it a bit, a little disappointing. With the, you know, when you see that on the front cover of a DVD, you know what? It, you know what it reminds me of. Actually, you know, you know when you get like really bad films. And they do the they do the kind of advertising campaign where they, they basically vox pop people outside of the cinema and force them to go tell us how good that film is. Go, oh yeah, it was it was it was actually packed. It was great. Five stars. Five stars. And it's like ignore the critics. It's like it, it kind of reminded me of that. You know what I mean? Just oh, yeah. that's that's upsetting. Yeah. So, so did, what happened was did people did they catch? several people and just piece together the words it was a genuinely funny film there was a dot 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 between <laughs> most of the words <laughs> now but yeah so uh, i don't know I, I don't think it was a genuinely funny film i think it was a genuinely bad bad film um it was entertaining kind of um you might enjoy it if you're 11 and know nothing about wrestling or films, or, or, films. Or, or people, or people, or cars, or, or oh no, there's some good cars in it. There's some good cars, but they all get rolled over. Yeah. yeah. Basically, if if you don't know about things or issues like racism, all the sexism, isms, every ism, homophobicism, um, midgetism. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if that's. That's cool to say that. Well, we'll, um, f- we'll find out. Um, we can edit that out anyway. Um, but yeah, so I think I think we've we've reviewed the body slam. Um, so I think I think all all we need to say now is uh, you know thank thanks for listening. And Shall we plug Twitter? Yeah, we should we should plug the Twitter. We've got um, WWA podcast. Um, that's at. On the Twitter, We've and if got... anyone wants to watch this film, it is available on YouTube. On YouTube for free, nobody free. Nobody seems All to have complained. Three minutes and twelve seconds. Yeah. So I, I will go ahead and post that onto our Twitter. Yeah. And you can go fill your boots. We've got the um, website whenwrestlersact.com. We're on the Facebook, which is Facebook slash WWA Podcast, and we, you know, like that and follow the Twitter. Um, we've got the. Have we got MySpace? Uh, uh, I don't know. We should get one just just for the hell of it. You have, can... we, have we got Face Party? We've got um. What? Oh, no, I've not seen that. Um. So yeah, I don't. I don't know what film we're going to do next. I mean, you know, send us your suggestions. You know that that'd be good. Um. You've got you know whenwrestlersact.com. That's the website, and just keep listening and let us know what you think. Bye bye. Bye.